The healthcare industry has undergone transformational change in the past 10 years, especially as it relates to the implementation of technology. Even so, there's much more to do and many companies are out there doing it, but you don't know about them. At Intrepid Healthcare, our podcast will bring you the crazy ones, the rebels, the troublemakers, the ones who see things differently. The people that are crazy enough to think they can change the world in healthcare. So sit tight and enjoy as we tell the story of another thought leading trailblazer. Welcome back to Intrepid Healthcare. I'm your host, Joe Lavelle, and I'm really looking forward to our conversation today with yet another trailblazing innovator. We're going to get right to it. Today, we're joined by Harriet P., founder and designer of Forget-Me-Nots. Harriet, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joe. I'm glad to be here. Well, thanks so much for making the time today. Before we start our discussion, could you take a few seconds and tell the audience about you and your background? Yes, I have a master's in engineering management and have spent the last 20-plus years as an engineering executive with technology companies, but... In the last year, two left to start my own company, Forget-Me-Nots. Awesome. And perfect segue. Could you take the next couple of minutes and provide our audience with a 10,000-foot overview of Forget-Me-Nots? Absolutely. So Forget-Me-Nots is a low-tech product designed to help facilitate Alzheimer's patients finding what they need in the home, whether it's a coffee cup in the kitchen or the bathroom. It is very low-tech. They essentially are vinyl stickers that are designed to look like home decor but stand out visually and conceptually to an Alzheimer's patient. Outstanding. Low-tech is sometimes high-tech from my standpoint because it's really the appropriate technology. Is, is that how you see it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Good deal. How did you get into this? How did you end up designing products for Alzheimer's patients? Three years ago, roughly, I was leaving corporate America, trying to decide what I wanted to do in my next career. And it just so happened that at the same time, my father was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. So I took the next year off to help with his care. And in the process of doing that, I found that a number of the products that are designed for disabilities, Alzheimer's in particular, were quite ugly, to be frank, and were embarrassing to both my father and his wife because it announced to anyone coming into the home that there was someone with Alzheimer's living there. So to give you an example, the idea was founded in the fact that my dad used to get up every morning and make his breakfast cereal with milk and juice, and it got to where he couldn't find what he needed, so he just would refuse to eat. At that time, what they would tell you to do is to photocopy pictures of everything he needed to find and tape them up on the cabinets in the house. And when we would do that, my dad would take them down because they just reminded him that he had Alzheimer's. Because as you know, Joe, they kind of come and go in their cognitive abilities to remember what's going on. Out of that came this idea, and through past training that I had, that design is really about functionality and beauty. And if we can make it fit in into the home, make it functional and beautiful, 
It doesn't draw attention to their disability, but it helps them function longer and be able to stay at home longer. Perfect. And what a good goal. Harriet, you're a self-described geek, and you've been collecting and reviewing this technology probably for more than three years, but for at least the last three years. What can you tell us about your favorite apps or technology for Alzheimer's patients and their caregivers? It's funny. They're apps that everybody uses. So my favorite application for an Alzheimer's patient is Pandora Radio. And the reason is music therapy is extremely effective with Alzheimer's patients. If you're playing music from the era in which they grew up, they become much more interactive. It brings out memories for them. So the one I used the most with my father was just Pandora. And to this day, it's still one of my favorites. From a technology perspective, it's a two-way baby monitor. We looked around for a number of things that would help my dad's wife be able to not have to always be in the same room as he was, particularly when he was napping, but to be able to respond to him when he woke up because he would often wake up very confused and if he couldn't hear her voice he would become very agitated. So the two-way baby monitor allowed her to go downstairs to do laundry, but yet when he woke up, she could talk to him through the monitor, and just hearing her voice helped him a lot and reduced his agitation. Outstanding. I read yesterday, I think this is a statistic, that to date over $4 billion worth of apps have been sold through the Apple App Store. And I talk regularly on this show that there's hundreds, even thousands of healthcare apps, mm-hmm. but the amount of useful apps is in the what you can count on one hand. Yeah. Is it the same with Alzheimer's patients? Are there lots of apps, but not many actually in use? Yes, there are. I would tell you that out of all the apps that I review, I really feel only about 20% have something really going on. And many of those may not be all the way there, but they've got the right concept. It just needs work. And I think the other player in that is going to change as well as more boomers move into the Alzheimer's ranks because they're more comfortable with technology. It'll be easier for them to take technology with them, where in my father's generation, you really, as you know, can't introduce new things to an Alzheimer's patient. And so technology apps that may be helpful to the boomer generation are not currently helpful for most of the Alzheimer's patients. Taking copious notes, such great information you're sharing. Thank you for that. Absolutely. You mentioned the baby monitor. Are there other general technologies that are helpful? Yes, there's a number of general technologies out there. With Alzheimer's and with aging in general, there's several things that occur. First is... As we age, our eyesight gets worse, so we need more light to see where we're going. But in Alzheimer's, that has a multiplying effect because with the cognitive decline, they can't interpret shadows. So lighting is extremely important. Strong lighting to the locations that you need them to go. So particularly for the bathroom, lighting the pathway to the bathroom, so LED lighting is something that I have fallen in love with because you can place it low along the baseboard so it doesn't shine in their eyes, it doesn't wake them up, but it provides ample lighting for them to find their way to the bathroom. 
and in general, lighting is a big impact. Other technologies that are out there are everything from the other common problem that you'll hear about is stove fires or forgetting food in the microwave or in the oven. There are a number of products out there to, there's a low-tech, less expensive can that sticks up in the hood of the stove that if there's a fire, will put it out, to very high-tech gadgets that have sensors that go into the hood and it has components that plug in between the stove and the gas line or the stove and the electricity and will automatically turn off the stove if it reaches certain temperatures or time frames. And that helps significantly in the early stages of Alzheimer's where people may not need 7 by 24 hour care, but you want them to remain safe. Are there alert systems available? Say somebody drives out of their normal range of where they generally hang out or those kind of things? Absolutely. And there's actually so many on the market that I think it's daunting for people to decide what they really want. That's probably a whole conversation in itself. But there's everything from alert monitors. One of the most helpful for us was pads that go on the floor in the bed of the bed so that it alerts you when they get out of bed or alerts you when they get out of a chair to very complex security systems with fall alerts and so forth, as well as what you were talking about, where you can set up what they call uh, GPS fencing, which means that you set the area the person can be in And when they cross that line, that GPS line, it'll alert you that they've gone outside their safe zone. So it's really kind of a challenge for caregivers to negotiate and look at all that's available and figure out what's appropriate and probably get it implemented early enough where it's still useful. Is that what I could conclude? Yes, absolutely. In fact, that's probably the biggest issue around the technology today is just understanding what you need and what's available to help you in those areas. We talked about the low-tech options. A couple of weeks ago, I interviewed a gentleman named Nick Jalen, and he designed a tool. It was a game, a board game called A Gift of Grace. And The Gift of Grace facilitates for family members at the end-of-life discussion. So you play the game and you get to talk about mm-hmm. what your wishes are. And it's designed initially for critically ill patients, cancer patients, but then also for just general end-of-life planning. And that's where I really kind of fell in love with this idea that high-tech is really just the appropriate technology. It doesn't have to be on your phone to be high-tech. The board game does exactly what it needs to do in the right environment where everybody feels safe and comfortable and achieves the outcome. Exactly. Are there technology options that you can think of or low technology options that you haven't mentioned that are helpful or useful for Alzheimer's patients? Absolutely. And, in fact, I would tell you that low-tech options, to me, can make the most significant difference. And the biggest piece of that comes from the conversation we had just a few minutes ago around the cognitive changes with Alzheimer's and their sight and their cognition. 
So a couple things happen as Alzheimer's progresses. They are no longer able to understand depth perception. So I don't know if you're familiar with what they call visual cliffing or not. No. But an example is a very young child will stop at the edge of a floor if there's a change in color because they're not sure if it's meaning that there's a hole there or if there is a solid floor there at all. And that returns with Alzheimer's. So an example, one of the things that I prefer to do with an Alzheimer's patient and with my father was what I call camouflage and highlight. So with Alzheimer's, you want to camouflage the places you don't want them to go. So best example is I was listening to family talk and their father kept going out the front door, which is very common. Wandering is very common. And what they ended up doing was, I thought, a great idea. He was a very polite gentleman, and so they put a ladies' bathroom sign on the front door, and he would no longer go through the door. He didn't remember what's on the other side. He always wanted to open it and look, but because it said ladies' restroom, he was too polite to open the door. Mm. And that's one of the things that they did to reduce his wandering. Interesting. Other items that come along that line are you can get decals, door decals that look like a library bookshelf. Because that cognition isn't there to figure out how we would look at a door and go, oh, that's a nice picture, but it's still a door with Alzheimer's patients, they see it as a bookshelf. The other piece that goes along that line is highlighting which is you want to make sure that they can find the bathroom is the best example. The more you can make the path and the bathroom visible to them, the less incontinence that you'll have. So I talked to one facility where all they did was change the toilet seats to black instead of the usual white on white, and they reduced their incontinence in their facility by 25%. Wow. And it's because when they go up to the toilet, because it's all white, it doesn't look solid to sit on. So they won't use it. So it doesn't have to be black. And actually, a number of researchers say red toilet seats are the best. Because with Alzheimer's patients, red is an action color. You want to place it where you want them to take action. The bathroom, for instance. Outstanding. So... Understanding that in and of itself can significantly reduce agitation and wandering because anytime you have what I call a hard no, meaning like a lock on a door, they'll become very agitated because they want to know what's on the other side of the door. But if you can camouflage it, they don't see it, they don't want it, and they don't go there. So it's a highlight and camouflage. Highlight where you want them to be, camouflage where you don't. Where do all these solutions fall short, the high-tech and the low-tech? Where are they falling short? So from a technology perspective, it's really about integration and interoperability of the systems. Very common in my old world of technology. Trying to get all the pieces that you need so that they work together is very complex today. What I typically recommend to folks is 
make a list of all of your needs and try and fulfill them as much as possible with one provider because that reduces the complexity of the implementation. Very interesting. You must have been listening to our show for a while. Mm -hmm. Interoperability is probably the number one or two topic in terms of barrier to fill in the blank yeah. <laughs> in healthcare. Yes. Where do you see technology going in the future for Alzheimer's patients? I foresee technology becoming, if you talk in the next five to 10 years, much more effective with Alzheimer's for a couple of reasons. One is right now, and this is one of my missions in life is to educate designers there isn't a strong understanding of how to design products to be effective for Alzheimer's patients with designers. But that's going to change because we all know, unfortunately, the Alzheimer's market is growing very, very quickly. And with the boomers as they age, it's going to become a very apparent market and people that design products will catch up but also because the baby boomers, as they age, are more familiar with technology and more comfortable with it. I'll give you a perfect example, which is the Alexa app and Echo from Amazon. I think it could be a very effective product if two things occur. And one is, for instance, with my dad, the concept of having to make statements in a very specific manner for an appliance to do what you need just wasn't going to happen. But as boomers age and we're all used to talking to Siri and talking to phone systems, it'll translate better with this next group coming into Alzheimer's. But also, we're going to get better at designing that interface so it's much more intuitive and natural in its flow. Today, it's still too regimented. Got it. What else would you like for people to know about what you're doing with Forget-Me-Nots that I haven't asked you? There's two missions for Forget-Me-Nots, and the first and foremost is to design both beautiful and functional solutions. And I think as consumers, we need to hold companies accountable and hold them to higher expectations than we have today in product designs. There's a lot of very functional products, but they're so ugly that it becomes embarrassing, and that in and of itself becomes a roadblock to people using them. So with my mission for ourselves is to design products that are both beautiful and functional, but the second part of our mission is really around education and educating designers and product engineers on how to better build products to interact with us as we age, and to support our Alzheimer's loved ones as they go through that process. Good deal. Harriet, as we're about to wrap it up here, where can people go to learn more about how you've integrated functionality and beauty and to purchase potentially something from Forget-Me-Nots? Our website is shopforgetmenots.com. Perfect. Very easy. Yeah. <laughs> it was so great to have you here today. Thanks for stopping by, sharing your great wisdom. Well, thank you for the time. I appreciate it. Oh, it's certainly my pleasure. That wraps this broadcast. On behalf of our guests, Harriet P., I'm Joe Lavelle, and we'll see you soon on Intrepid Healthcare.